We've got news on beef prices at the grocery store. We're going to talk about the weather impact on the peaches. And Matthew is on camera all today on this episode of the Arkansas AgCast. You're listening to the Arkansas AgCast, where we discuss the latest news, trends, and issues impacting Arkansas farmers and ranchers. Our show is brought to you by the Arkansas Farm Bureau Federation and hosted by Jason Brown and John Nickman. Hello, hello. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. It is Wednesday morning. We're recording this a little bit early. Just a little. Because uh, Mr. Johnny Mack has got uh, some important business to handle tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. we got a department retreat where we're going to discuss some uh, strategy yeah. for the coming uh, year. Man, I we like do it. annually. Yeah. Is it because yeah. your team was so bad at fantasy football last year? Because <laughs> <laughs> I was so bad, yeah. That's a, that's a separate uh, podcast where you can discuss those issues I had this year with. <laughs> I, I keep in mind I was the uh, organizer. Let's call yeah. president of the fantasy football league this year at Farm Bureau, and I came in dead last. You know, you took the words out of my mouth. I I think that's a thing. Like the commissioner always commissioner yeah, it, word. does pretty poorly. Uh, yeah, in my experience, and I think it's because you guys are too busy out doing. Now, the work. if I'd have come out and won the whole league the first year, and I was commissioner, then there would be all these allegations Shady. of cheating, and nobody know, would come and, back for year two. Yeah. <laughs> I was also the you know so yeah. But um, that's something we can discuss later. Yeah, so it's, it's thanks, win, Matthew, it's for bringing that up. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. mean, you got one win, dude. Fresh out of the gate, just, <laughs> just keep on putting them in there. All right. <laughs> uh, it's Wednesday. We're gonna pretend like it's Thursday. You may hear us call it Thursday. You may hear us yeah. call it Wednesday. I don't know, but um, anyway, well, it's uh, like I said, it's Wednesday. But just curious, how how's the week been for you guys? Uh. How, uh, any anything anything cool happened? Well, the, did you do anything fun last weekend? Oh uh, man, got right uh, I might have the busiest weekend I've ever had, especially since I've had Anthony. Yeah, <laughs> oh, we okay. had two one-year-old birthday parties and a baby shower and a oh, two-year-old's good. birthday party. Oh my, all goodness. in the same weekend. And one of those birthday parties was in McGee for my niece Sunday afternoon. Yeah, uh, that's speak, a, speaking that's of that, the hall. Miss Farrah Bottoms okay. uh, was a photographer there, and mm-hmm. she told me that she is a frequent listener of the podcast. So How I about wa- that? I wanted to say hello and thank you for listening. And uh, uh, you, my sister was really happy with your uh, photos you took of uh, my niece. So. <laughs> Five stars yeah. would, would would bring you back. <laughs> yeah, but we have a fan out there. It's official. Yeah. yeah. At least there's one. Yeah, at least there's one, Matthew. <laughs> Did you sign an autograph? I didn't. You know, she walked up. She said, whose Farm Bureau vehicle is that? And I was uh-huh. like, that's mine. She said, do you by chance do the podcast? And I said, yes, I do, actually. She said, I knew I recognized that voice. <laughs> I said, hey, Mary Louise, my wife. I said, hey, yeah. come here, come here. We got yeah. a fan. She just kind of rolled her eyes. Yeah, of course. Uh, <laughs> that's how it goes. Matthew, how's your pup doing? Oh, for those that don't know, I have a little, I guess he's now five-month-old corgi. Oh, yeah. Cutest he's thing adorable. Wants to chew on everything right now. Mm-hmm. Put a hole in the drywall mm-hmm. last weekend. Oh, um, yes. Yeah. So. That's Lots of fun. Interesting. You got to have yeah. soft and hard toys, you know. Yeah. You <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. I think he knows the things he's not supposed to chew on, and that's mm. what he goes for. Yeah. Ah, okay. So. A little mischievous then. Very. I understand. I understand. Uh, also, while we're talking about shout-outs, uh, last week's episode, if you watched or listened, 
you know that we <laughs> took a little bit of a nostalgic turn uh, right off the bat and got into everything from Letterman jackets, class rings, oh, yeah. so on and so forth, uh, prom, um, things like that. And uh, Brian, the subject, the topic of Brian's car in college uh, came up, which was a Fiero. Beautiful and, uh, car. Which I think is, by the way, totally on brand. I can say that because he's not here today. <laughs> Uh, and uh, our man, Wes Evans in Benton County, uh, text me on Saturday. I guess he was listening and he said, Whoa, what's the beef with fear? <laughs> Apparently he has a few. <laughs> and I proceeded to share some of the photos of his, suite, one including picture, a white one, that picture of all that stuff on packed on that car with the mud tires. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, he's like, I, I want to see that thing in person. He's like, yeah, this is when I was about to drive it to Fort Collins, Colorado. And it was just loaded, a mini motorcycle, like all kinds of stuff. Look, there, there's not a better mid-engine car than a Pontiac Fiero. <laughs> Specifically the like 88 GTs that had a tendency to blow up and catch on fire. Oh, but, you know. nice. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, uh, so that was pretty fun. Uh, as we mentioned, uh, Brian is out today. He's mm-hmm. enjoying some time off with his uh, beautiful bride. It's a vacay. And uh, we're grateful for that, and uh, him able to take some time, recharge. He needs uh, a break from you, t- me and you, you know. Oh, we dude. Give him a pretty hard time around here. For sure he does. Um, well, and, and he's got to prep for, you know, the eight weeks uh, leading up to O&L. Oh, so. yeah. That's right. He, he is probably uh, thinking ahead of of that. Um, and so, but I will tell you, it's, it's, <laughs> it's kind of appropriate that he's not here because the day that this podcast released, you know what day that is? What? Tomorrow. Oh, tomorrow. May the 4th. May the 4th be with you. Yeah, Star Wars Whoa. Day. <laughs> and I, look, I want to go on record right now. We're going to see if he listens to this podcast. Worst, most annoying holiday out there. Okay, I got two two comments. Oh, boy. I've set him <laughs> off now. <laughs> Star I, I, Wars Day is just annoying, man. Is it a holiday, though? Mm. Or is it just a, uh, a right. day that has been labeled May the 4th because... It's May the 4th. Well, it's May the 4th. And it just rings well, right? <laughs> yeah. Now, like, Christmas is a holiday. Fourth of July is a holiday. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Memorial Day, Easter, blah, blah, But what yeah. about, like, National Infrastructure Day? Is that a is that a holiday? No. It is for an industry. In- infrastructure workers. Or something. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a marketing tool, guys. Come yeah. on. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no doubt. Uh, uh, the well, second one I had to say okay. is it is not annoying. I'm oh. a Star Wars fan. <laughs> Maybe not as big as Brian. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I disagree with you. <laughs> yeah, I think you're wrong. <laughs> Do you really? I mean, I'm a Lord of the Rings fan f- first and foremost, but Star Wars is pretty close behind. So. Really? Okay. Yeah. A they, day, they a day, just to fun. you know, I'm not saying you need to dress up like a Jedi or something like that. Sure, but sure. like, no. hey, a reason to be like, I wouldn't oh. be against it. Do you go back and watch it today, or <laughs> no, to, you know, Thursday? I, I just no, finished. but it's it's a good reason to think about. Like, I've just watched the man finish the third season of the Mandalorian. Yeah, like uh, literally a day ago. What is that? Uh, it's a Star Wars kind of spinoff TV show. Is that the one with the baby Yoda on it? Yep. Yes, that's the one with all the so baby cute, Yoda memes. Yeah, but I couldn't tell you how many times I've watched all the Star Wars. COVID, a lot, yeah. of, Star a lot of Star Wars, Wars. <laughs> a lot of Lord of the Rings. <laughs> it, was, it was a good time to, to rip through all some the Marvel movies. movies. To watch some of those old, well, and we were talking last week about how big of a movie fan you are. Yeah, I can be kind of a nerd, though, with that stuff. Yeah. Uh, we've got a few of those. Up here on the mm. third floor, I'll tell you that. Um, I have. <laughs> I I was trying to. 
I was thinking about some stuff, uh, you know, how to how to sort of bring something. I was trying to bring something fun for us to talk about, right? We're we're like we're not dummies here. We use some entertainment to to get our information across from time to time, and uh, you know it was kind of a kind of a, a slow day, I should say. But uh, May the fourth, the day that this will go uh, live, mm-hmm. there it was chocked full of celebrity birthdays, and so I thought I would pick out three celebrity birthdays today. And ask you a question about them. So, Randy Travis, happy birthday. Audrey Hepburn, who's no longer with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, George Clooney, happy birthday. Happy birthday. All right, so there's three celebrity birthdays. And my question to you is, each of you, if you had to pick one of these people to take to dinner, have dinner with, yeah, of those three celebrities, which would which would you choose? Matthew. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> Deep dive. Oh yeah. I don't oh, yeah. I don't quite know who Randy Travis is. Um so he he's out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he's out. Uh and then, that would be awkward. And then you're between two movie stars, but see, like, I don't I don't know, like Ocean's Eleven is one of the greatest heist movies of all time. So maybe yeah. I want to take George Clooney to dinner and I like that. Pick his brain a little bit. So I like that. I'm gonna do I'm gonna go Audrey. Audrey Hepburn, yeah. yeah, I think that would be pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, oh, there's a fourth option that I didn't include. Well, but if it's Audrey Hepburn, it should probably be breakfast, right? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. But I'm ching. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done. Uh, there is a fourth option I'll give you as an alternate. Okay. Only because I threw this one out to Matthew yesterday, and his reaction was priceless. Lance Bass. Lance Bass. <laughs> um, so in the I'm same not, vein uh, as Randy Travis. I'm not a who? big uh, NSYNC fan. Yeah. Matthew, Matthew's like, I don't know who Lance Where? Bass is. <laughs> is that that band Justin Timberlake was in? Yeah. Was he so NSYNC or Backstreet? We start, oh, I don't know. That's a good question. I can't remember. I think it was NSYNC. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't pay attention hard enough back then. I yeah. Guess. But what was funny about it was uh, they Shaley was ragging him for not knowing who Lance Bass was. And he was like, she was like, come on. He was in NSYNC. I think it was NSYNC. He's like, I know Justin Timberlake is in NSYNC. And I think that's all I need to know. I think that was a fair point. <laughs> well, they were the same band. I mean, well, that's, it's like, I don't know. I want it that way. Which one is that? Is that Backstreet or is that NSYNC? Mm-hmm. I don't Now you got me. Here's the thing. Uh, I'm guessing. I'm a, a millennial, but hardly. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> You're just on the cusp. So, uh, all right. Well, I guess we should talk about some uh, agriculture news. And I think that's why we're here, isn't it? Yeah, that's what they keep telling me. But <laughs> you know, I just like to hang out. Uh, anyhow, um, uh, we talked about this last week, and as I was making show notes last night, um, I just wanted to leave it on here. Uh, and you'll tell us why it's on here again this week. But farmer's market season is upon us. Yes. And it is the first weekend of May. It is. Uh, I've already talked to a few farmer's markets, farm stand people. Yeah. Uh, and some of them started a few weeks ago. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, St. Joseph's in North Little Rock would be one. Mm-hmm. I talked to Miss Sandy the other day. Mm-hmm. They uh, That place rules. Yeah, yeah. They've got a whole lot going on out there, almost Slightly petting zoo type stuff, high mm-hmm. tunnels, the community gardens. A they goat d- bit me out there one time. Oh, yeah? At the Christmas market. We were up 
near this fence. Was just kind of goats. a painter. Yeah, man. I was just kind of like, I mean, I wasn't trying to pet him or anything. He just kind of reached out and, and nabbed me. I'm hey, like, hey, come here. Yeah. So anyway, sorry, I didn't no, mean to that's do that. Right. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so they if they're not open, they're going to be open. This weekend, probably. Yeah. I mean, do, yeah. I guess it could be weather dependent. Yeah, I, I uh, am potentially going to the Judd Hill Farmers Market at ASU this Saturday. Yeah, uh, we which about that. is to say, uh, if you're in Jonesboro for graduation this weekend at ASU, you know, make a little pit stop over at the Farmers Come Market. Come see Matthew. There uh, you go, man. See what's going on there. I know they're going to have lots of good stuff. Uh, our good friend Brian Kelly up there sells uh, gladiolas. So if you want some oh, pretty flowers really? to take home with you, stop by and see him. So. Man, gladiolas are synonymous with Jonesboro. Yeah. They used to have a field. Why is that? I don't know. So that field is Brian Kelly's family. Oh, really? That's so they cool. used to be like in the middle of town. Uh-huh. But as Jonesboro has expanded, they actually have moved out. Yeah. We have a whole video on it. You can go watch. Oh, really? That uh, pre my time. Uh, no, <laughs> so blood. I just know that, you know, I went to school there and lived there. And, and um there's an entire field like right in the middle of the town. It's massive. Mm-hmm. And as a matter of fact, it's next to an apartment complex, uh, which they may be involved with, that's uh, that's named the Gladiolas. Okay. The apartment, or used to be back yeah. when I was in school there. Uh, I do know, I think, and I, I might be wrong, I would have to go back and rewatch the video, but uh-huh. last year was their 100-year anniversary of being a business. Now, not always in Jonesboro, but... The uh-huh. quality gla- quality gladiolus farm uh-huh. up there. They uh, they've been around for about a hundred years. So. Oh man, I'm gonna go back and watch that. Thank you for uh-huh. the for the tip on that. Got to shamelessly plug uh-huh. my own content. <laughs> well, I think anytime we can uh, we can bring up some content that we've that we've done previously is a, no shame. Uh, I, I mean, I think one other thing we should mention that I don't see on the notes. Uh, yeah. On Tuesday, uh, the wife and our committee announced their six finalists for their two awards. Oh, yeah, that's um, right. Thank and I'll just you. quickly read through these real quick. So there's the Excellence in Ag Award that uh-huh. is uh, for people who uh, most of their farm or most of their income comes from things other than farming. Yep. So we have Chris and Brooklyn Heiser from Johnson County, Reed and Sarah Kelly from Faulkner County, Hannah Walker from Baxter County. Um, so congratulations to all three of you guys. Congratulations. Congrats. That's awesome. And then for the Achievement Award, the top three finalists were John Michael and Rachel Bearden of Hot Spring County, Dayton and Lauren McCarty of Stone County, and Justin and Lacey Story of Scott County. So also nice. big congratulations cool. to all yeah, three of yeah. you. And that's a really cool evolution because when John Michael and Rachel won the uh, the the they, they won the a, award a, previously, Excellence in Ag, thank you, Uh he was considering going full-time. So now he is full-time, yep. which would make them eligible for that's that. That's, yep. that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, it man. is cool yeah. to have seen, seen them uh, kind of grow into being a, you know, full-time, a full-time farming. operation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's tough to get to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if you would like to know who ends up winning that, it'll be announced at ONL this summer. So come um, join us. Come join us. And, we'll be there. You know. Give congratulations to the, to these people in person. What's so. happening in Hot Springs in yep. July? So more more info on that to Small come. Small city, yeah, buddy. Uh, let me see. Oh, let's hit planning progress report. This yep. has been talk of the town, man. I I pay a lot of attention to to the the uh, planning progress not only in Arkansas but across the country. And if you've paid any attention to this, then you know that the Dakotas have continued to see snow and cold weather, Minnesota, Michigan, 
Um, it's it's pretty tough up there weather-wise. Yeah, they got flooding up there in that part of the Mississippi. Yeah, because of the the snow melt where that is able to happen, things like that. So um, uh, we're also seeing wheat quality uh, be a real issue across the country mm-hmm. and, and pricing there. Of course, that all ties back to the conflict in Ukraine and things like that. But, um, but anyhow, so a, a lot of news and, and, and quickly moving, really, considering the weather. And even here in Arkansas. So if you didn't know or if you haven't tracked this, uh, we are officially off to the wettest start uh, to a year on record. Mm-hmm. Um, to take that further, I think I saw uh, James Bryant, uh, meteorologist for KTV, say, or maybe it was Todd Jacobian, if we maintained normal rainfall the rest of 2023, yeah, it would be a record. It would be the wettest year on record. And it's not looking good for the next seven days, to be honest. It's there's kind of little spots of rain all throughout our forecast. To, so yeah, so you know, a challenging year for planting, but nonetheless, let's see where we are uh, on on progress. There looks like a big increase. Yeah, we've seen some jumps for sure. For instance, corn sixty two percent planted, thirty five percent planted uh, last week. So mm-hmm. uh, a, a nice progress there. Eighty three percent this time last year, though. It's not too uh, far. I mean, yeah, not too bad. Thirty-two uh, percent of the corn crop has emerged. Sixty-two uh, percent so far is rated good to excellent. We will start to move this from a planting progress report to crop condition report yep. um, as we move forward. Forty um, percent of rice has been planted. Uh, there's a couple articles out there this week about how rice planting had taken off. I, I looked back at some USDA maps this morning, just prepping, and saw that. Um, Last week, USDA said we had three and a half good field days last week. So that okay. likely contributed to this yeah. Uh, also. But, yeah, 40% of the rice has been planted. Uh, that continues to trend up, but still dragging behind that five-year average. Uh, 13% of the rice crop in Arkansas has emerged. 23% of soybeans have been planted, almost on par with the five-year. Uh, 10% of that crop has emerged. Uh, cotton is up to 13% planting, which is at planted which is actually running uh, ahead of the five-year average, which is 10%. Yeah. And then we have started, we'll start uh, this week reporting on the first hay cutting. Uh, we're all the way up to 1% there. All the way. Uh, but anyhow, important nonetheless is farmers look to restock that inventory from uh, much of that drought impact uh, last year. Some of that I think you'll talk about in um, a story today as well, maybe this story. Uh, yeah, so I was, you know, coming up from McGee Sunday and going down there, there and back, whatever. Yeah. Uh, that, uh, was it say corn 32% emerged? That's, mm-hmm. you know, well, I saw quite a bit of corn already emerged. I mean. Yeah, we went to Lee and Phillips County mm-hmm. uh, over the weekend and uh, a lot of corn coming up out of the ground yeah. down there as well. So, so good yeah. to see cotton coming around too, though. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Well, let's go ahead and get into some news, okay? Uh, if you don't mind, yeah. So see. this kind of story I've I've got here has come from Jake Cartwright, our own livestock economist, our commodity yeah. and regulatory affairs department. Yeah, uh, he's also over the beef division. So cold storage beef stocks are on the decline in the U.S. Okay, and I've got some information here from Jake, as well as a quote or two from him, uh, nice. trying to push his information and trying to get him some publicity. What's, uh, but this is good information, man. I'm I'm yeah. pretty excited about it. As of May first. 
the USDA's beef and cold storage report showed a steep decline in stocks of beef, which are in cold storage. Mm-hmm. This cold, cold storage beef represents meat that's already been processed, packaged, you know, steaks, ground beef. Mm-hmm. That's going to go to the grocery store. This is its next step in the logistical process for okay. the supply chain. Uh, so since the last report in December 2022, stocks have fallen from a nearly 544 million pounds to 480 million pounds. Goodness gracious. This represents the first time beef and cold storage numbers dropped below the five-year trend line since January of 2022. Okay. So quoting Jake if my computer will work here. <laughs> uh, typically, we see a large drop in inventory over the summer months that we never saw last year. Much of this was attributed to herd sell-offs and consolidation last year as producers took advantage of strong markets to adjust herd sizes to diminish the drought-stricken pastures. So if you remember last year, we had that big drought. Calling. And, yeah, and then we didn't have the hay to feed these, these cattle. So a lot of people went ahead and sold their cattle earlier than what they normally would. Mm-hmm. So what we'll go into here is that that uh, that number of cattle per head that went into the supply chain into processing and to uh, packers was astronomical. Yeah, you know. So now you're seeing this meat from that in this in this cold storage. So I'll go on. What does this mean for going forward? Mm-hmm. As these numbers fall, packers will be forced to adjust their prices to accommodate the bull market run on beef prices. Since January one, feeder cattle are up ten percent, and fed mm-hmm. cattle are up three percent. Eventually, these high feeder cattle prices will be reflected in the fed cattle prices and then retail beef prices as well. Okay. So eventually, as it goes through the supply chain, that the price of that more expensive cattle right now is going to go through that supply chain and then eventually hit retail shelves because mm-hmm. the packers are just going to push that price off on the consumer. Tell me as the economist, Johnny Mac, is this a simple supply and demand issue? This is exactly a simple supply and Every demand issue. Every time it's supply <laughs> and demand, I tell you. I mean, if we could draw the chart here, we, you know, we could go ahead and find where it's at. Yeah. But, so uh, to finish off, Jake said, the current supply of beef and cold storage consists of meat that was produced at cheaper price last year uh, because there were so many so many cattle pushed in the system, Head cost per head of cattle was cheaper. Mm-hmm. So uh, now that we have finally seen that supply start dwindling, Beef is beef that has been produced at the recent higher cost will make its way into stores, and consumers will have the start have to start sharing the burden of the higher cattle prices. So, like I said, it was supply at the beginning drove drove prices per head of cattle down. So that cheaper cheaper cattle went into uh, packers. They were processed at a cheaper price, mm-hmm. sold at a cheaper price, mm-hmm. and now that's the complete opposite. Supply is down because we don't have the herd size. We can't really backfill. Yeah, that. so since supply. So it says the herd is down, a.k.a. supply. Yeah. Now the prices is higher because the demand's higher. So the price per head of cattle will eventually reflect the high prices in, the re- in retail, which consumers will have to deal with either in the summer or maybe a little further on. Yeah. Well, I know we joke about uh, the supply and demand piece quite a bit. But honestly, I, I've never had anybody explain it to me until we started doing this show together. Mm-hmm. And the way you explain it makes it so easy for me to understand. And I just... And then I'm, I just go, my brain goes right to supply and demand. I'm like, yep. For the next story, we're going to travel up to D.C. As there were a group of ag industry leaders this week asking Congress to protect ag safety nets in the 2023 Farm Bill. Uh, let me begin by saying our uh, Arkansas Farm Bureau president, uh, Rich Hillman, was among farmer panelists providing testimony to the U.S. Senate Ag Committee's uh, subcommittee on, uh, on commodities, risk management, and trade on uh, Tuesday morning. 
Uh, the panel's testimony focused on addressing crop insurance, conservation, and commodity programs in the upcoming Farm Bill. Also in the Hill was uh, American Farm Bureau President Zippy Duval, who noted producers are asking for zero cuts to the crop insurance program, something I'm sure you hear a lot. Yep. Uh, he also asked that crop insurance coverage be broadened to those specialty crop producers, Absolutely. Um, a topic that we heard discussed at length at the Farm Bill uh, listening session uh, that committee leadership hosted in, in Jonesboro um, several months ago. I was there. Yeah. Senate Ag Committee Chair Debbie Stabenow, Senator from Michigan, uh, says producer feedback on Farm Bill programs is critical. A comment that our counterpart, Senator John Bozeman, from right here in Arkansas, has also made clear in his many public remarks mm-hmm. about the Farm Bill, including on this very show. Yes. Uh, Senator Stabenow also noted that in total, Congress has 240 people who have never written nor voted on a farm bill. And she also noted that she's asked the uh, Budget Committee for Spending Flexibility to help address the needs of farmers and ranchers. Uh, You can see some photos and a little bit more about um, uh, President Hillman's time uh, with the committee on our social channels. I know that stuff went up on Facebook yesterday, uh, Twitter, so on and so forth. So check it out, and thanks to President Hillman for taking the time. Yeah, that's pretty cool that uh, President Hillman was able to be a part of that. I I think that's an awesome representation for the state of Arkansas. Uh, Absolutely, absolutely. All right, let's take a short break from the news to hear a reminder that keeping uh, rural roads safe during planting season is very important. Arkansas farmers and ranchers work seven days a week. That means when you hit the road, you may be sharing it with farm equipment, especially if you're traveling along rural roads and county highways. Farm equipment moves slower than our pickup trucks and minivans. They may not have the safety lights and turn signals of our family vehicles either. The trucks and tractors moving down the road need extra room to make turns, cross bridges, and move through intersections too. We all get in a hurry sometimes, but it's important that we all stay safe, no matter if we're headed to buy groceries or grow them. So next time you're cruising past a pasture or field, keep an eye out for farmers. They'll be sure to keep an eye out for you too. If we all work together, we can make sure Arkansas is cultivating safe roads It's so important that we work together to keep each other safe on the roads. Mm-hmm. You may find yourself on the road with a farmer moving hay this time of year, and we're already seeing row crop farmers moving implements down the road as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. Let's just all be sure to help one another cultivate safe roads. Now let's get back to the news. So it's my turn. Yeah, it is. To give this a little new blip, news blip. Uh, We've yeah. got a new Ag Insider out. Hello. Yeah. Uh, Who so, wrote it? Yeah. Who's uh, the author here? Uh, it's this guy named John McMinn. <laughs> Uh, I've heard he's an economist, but I don't know what to do, really. Uh, I love that you, you're bringing your own uh, reporting here. That's man, awesome, Matthew's going to plug his material. i got to plug mine, Heck you know? yeah. Heck so yeah. So it's my turn. Yeah. So uh, uh, I'll go ahead and start by just saying that we all know that weather's been pretty crazy here in the state the last few years. Mm-hmm. Uh, peaches aren't any different. They've, they've yeah. noticed it as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, since November – Reports of freezing temperatures and hailstorms potentially affecting the peach orchards have come in almost monthly increments. My goodness. Uh, and I should re- say before I started this is that uh, peaches have been pretty hit pretty hard. This article is going to examine, or what I'm going to say here, kind of examines the the impact financially that we've had or whether whether it's had on peaches in okay. the state of Arkansas. Good to know. 
So, like I said, reports of potential damage to uh, uh, the peach orchards has come in monthly. These reports have been followed by concern as to how weather is affecting the summer's peach crop. Due to regional temperature difference, differences in a variety of peaches, or differences in the variety of peaches, some areas were hit harder than others. Okay. So some parts of the state got a little colder. Uh, some parts of the state were in the negative degrees, negative seven I saw as low. And then some parts were below freezing. And this is an issue because not only, you know, peaches are dormant in the wintertime, mm-hmm. their buds are, mm-hmm. but that, that they can only withhold or withstand specific temperatures at a, at a low rate for so long oh, before really? it, it eventually damages that bud and you won't get a bloom or a peach off that tree. Even when it's dormant. Yeah. Wow. So, like I said, some areas are going to be a little different, but also different varieties of peaches bloom at different times of the year or blossom at, or, mm-hmm. or bud at different times of the year. Mm-hmm. So they may have missed the freeze, but also we had hailstorms at the beginning of the spring. No doubt. So uh, some areas reported a total loss or somewhere a little more optimistic, but still highly concerned. Okay. It's difficult to say how big the loss uh, to expect to expect this year, but it's not too far to estimate an 80% yield loss statewide uh, for peaches as this a year. realistic yeah wow. as a realistic mark mm-hmm. um, I mean you, you're going to see some parts of the state that could have only lost 50% but for the most part as an average there's a big impact here yeah for the state with all that in mind uh, if you read the article you'll you'll see this but uh, we go into detail about the annual production of peaches average yield and also average price per pound the state usually usually receives okay uh with this information we've projected at least a 4.8 million dollar loss in production with the state's peach industry mm-hmm. uh and to be quite honest i think it's quite a bit more than that really yeah goodness i hate to i think that. it's going to be over five well yeah. over five million dollars yeah but you know there's there's things that farmers can steps farmers can take to try to uh mitigate freeze and keep the freeze and frost off their their trees but you know, as many freezes as we got and as many as, as dirt diversified as most peach producers are, mm-hmm. you can't, it's hard to keep your attention on all that all at the same time and, you know, keep on working hard to try to keep that frost off. Yeah. It's pretty difficult. So, uh, with all that in mind, we I'm, don't go out there and say, John McMahon told you all the peaches are going to be gone mm-hmm. this year. That was my next question. Yeah. So we, we've talked about farmer's markets the past couple of weeks. Do you think folks will be able to buy Arkansas-grown peaches at farmer's markets this year? Yeah, not right now because they're not off the trees yet. But, sure. But uh, this summer when the harvest comes around is when we'll really find out exactly how big of an impact, how much of a loss these farmers have. Uh-huh. So if you are um, normally or traditionally take your family out to you pick operations to pick your own peaches, mm-hmm. uh, call those orchards ahead of time yeah. and just ask yeah. them exactly, you know, what's your inventory looking like this year? Are you going to have a crop? Yeah. Uh, because what's happening in Northwest Arkansas might be different in Eastern Arkansas. Oh, good call. Arkansas. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, don't go thinking that uh, the industry's gone this year because it's not. Yeah. It's just, uh, it's been hit pretty it's hard. And this is something that seems to be almost every other year. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's a roller coaster it's, ride for peaches every year. It's been a, a tough five years at least for repeats farmers of you know i think last year was a pretty good crop but then you yeah. go back i know 2020's crop was pretty much gone from freezing too so. yeah it, i don't know if you told me this on this show or just us talking mm-hmm. um but you said for every good year a peach farmer is going to take 
a few bad years. Yeah, it could be three, it could be four. Which is why know. they've been forced to diversify. I've talked to you a lot about St. Francis and Cross County having huge peach orchards as I was growing up. Yes. They're gone now. Yeah. And it's you know, likely one of the reasons is because peach farmers have had to diversify and grow cattle or, you know, raise cattle or whatever that may be. Yeah, I talked to a, a big producer outside of Conway the other day. Um about a different subject, actually, but he mm-hmm. I was just kind of picking his brain. So how many peaches do you have? He's 60 acres. That's quite a bit. Oh, really? But he also okay. had all different fruits and vegetables that he was offering. He also had livestock, you know, so he's got a lot of Pretty th- different things operation. going on. Yeah, yeah it's, um, it's tough for a farmer in Arkansas to just be a peach farmer. Yeah. I, I yeah. mean, I don't know if there is any that are at a commercial level that all mm-hmm. they do is peaches. Yeah, so. it'd be tough. I think you have one or two commercial people in the state, but, yeah, you've got to be doing something else to stay in business. Well, you mentioned being able to read this report. Where might uh, our folks? ARFB.com. Yeah. Click on Ag Insider, and it should be the first article uh, until a new one comes up. Bada bing, bada boom. Yeah. There so it is. Please look out for that. Please read. Tell your friends. Yeah. Well, thanks for doing that. Thanks for writing that report and, and bringing it to the show. I think that's, that's pretty interesting. All right. We're going to round out the news this week with some cel- uh, celebratory news uh, that I hope you've seen in the last 24 hours or so. The 76th Annual Arkansas Farm Family of the Year program announced its 2023 County Farm Families of the Year uh, this week. Uh, the Arkansas Farm Bureau, uh, I'm sorry, the Arkansas Farm Family of the Year program has helped to recognize outstanding farm families throughout the state. Uh, selection criteria for the Farm Family of the Year includes efficiency of production, mm-hmm. conservation of energy and resources, leadership in agriculture and community uh, affairs, home and farm improvement, and home and farm management. Quite the quite the broad array of categories there. Yeah. Uh, the families uh, next up, those county farm families of the year will be visited by a set of judges to determine eight district farm families of the year, uh, which, which will be announced June 13th. No doubt we'll talk about that on this show. Uh, the state farm family of the year will be announced in December uh, at a luncheon, uh, and then that family will go on to represent Arkansas at the Southeastern Expo Farmer of the Year event in Georgia. Arkansas has had two Southeast Farmer of the Year winners, Brian and Nan Kirksey of Clark County in 2008, and Wildy Family Farms of Mississippi County in 2016. Uh, the full list of winners can be found at ARFB.com, but frankly, we aren't going to go through the entire list today because we would probably be here until Sunday. Yeah, and it's too <laughs> cold in here to be here that long. <laughs> A quick note, you may not see a family listed for every county in the state. Uh, that's okay. The pro- program is voluntary, and participation tends to vary year to year. So there you go. Congrats. Uh, Congratulations. Farm Families of the Year. All right. Uh, that brings us to the end of the news, and I am curious, Matthew, your first time taking the reins of this yeah, show. But you know, um, Do we just the end The man behind the yeah. camera is on camera. Yeah, Brian is. has his stump the host. Jenny yeah, has her... Uh, Partially, fa- par- I was going to say partially we factual we facts. We don't really know what, uh, to call what Jenny brings to this program. Uh, Entertainment. But, you know, the PR department False around facts. around Farm Bureau is has historically been known for knowing all the best little hole in the wall restaurants around Ooh. the state. Oh, and I like what do we always, headed. you know, get back to on the Arkansas Agcast? It's it's always food. food. Always food. food. So I'm bringing you some rule. Restaurant recommendations. Ooh. Oh, so okay. They, you like some alliteration there? Yeah. Uh, I thought about doing some uh, high, high, high 
Ed Algebra, but <laughs> I figured that. <laughs> how do you think that, how that would go over? Oh, my God. Solve for X. No. Um, that would probably be kicked so, off. So Why I've are got, there letters in this equation? <laughs> I've, got, I've got three recommendations for you guys, just, you know, and for our listeners, too. Okay. Uh, luckily, with my job, I get to go all around the state visiting farms, mm-hmm. and what happens after you visit a farm lets you go find somewhere to eat. So if, if the farmer doesn't feed you, yeah, well, they, yeah. they do. do they that. do sometimes feed you. Um, <laughs> so first stop is we're going to Stuttgart. Oh, to John McMinn's hey, hometown. How about hey. it? Um, What'd you pick out? So the country gossip. The country. Have you, have you been to the store? Been. Yeah. The country. So the country gossip is right there on Main Street. It's right yeah. across from the Riceland facility. You right honestly, next to the railroad tracks. Yeah, by the railroad tracks. You probably would miss it. It is. The true hole in the wall experience. Yeah, I, I don't. There's not even that many windows. That's not. That's a lie. There are windows, but yeah, yeah. you you really you look at it and you say, I don't know. But let me tell you, I'm a gumbo connoisseur. You like their gumbo? Huh? The gumbo is good. Huh? Their their chicken gumbo. They only serve it on Mondays. Mm. I'd put it up against anywhere in the state of Arkansas. Really. And it's in the competition for places in the state of Louisiana too. Oh, wow. I know that's yeah. that's a little bit blasphemous. Uh, if our you know old <laughs> compatriot Rob heard me yeah, say that, yeah, 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 push back on that. I but, used to eat there at lunch quite a bit. Yeah, I was going to ask if you had ever. Eaten oh yeah, there. quite a bit. But well known. So huh? so my recommendation, if you're ever in Stuttgart on a Monday, country gossip. Stop by the country gossip. Quick. Get you a, a bowl of uh, gumbo. It is very quick. Yep. Priced reasonably, you know. I don't feel like you're walking out of there saying, "Man, why did I spend thirty dollars?" You know, it kind of reminds me. Have you ever eaten at? Uh, is it Izzy's over here, uh, like West Little Rock? Izzy's. I, I don't, don't remember think I the there. name. Um, yeah, I think that's I the name. Of the place. We ate there for lunch that. for our, our admin appreciation day. We took Latasha mm, out. Yeah. It reminds me a lot of that. Yeah, but the other thing I, re- I would recommend there, if you're a pimento cheese fan, their pimento am. cheese in in that sandwich. Category. Yep. Top tier. So, so no the, way. The perfect lunch is going there on a Monday, getting you a, a bowl of gumbo and a pimento cheese Top on the side. Top tier okay. pimento cheese sandwich. Yeah. Really? That's what he says. Yeah. Oh hey, yeah, I I'm thought just, you were saying. And that. you know, I'm, it's not fancy. It's not you know. I, is it I, a dive type place? Yeah, you know, sort of. Yeah, kind of. I always yeah. got the Reuben there. Reuben, uh, that's pretty good yeah. too. Um, Have you had the menu? How many times have you been there? I know. Uh, I, well, I'll just say this: back when Keith Sutton used to work here. Uh-huh. Uh, before he retired, we anytime we were in Stuttgart, we pretty much always found country ourselves gossip. at the country gossip. Okay, they um, have they have pie there too. They so. do have pie. There. <laughs> God, I'm going there for lunch. <laughs> All right, we're moving on to the second option. Going going more towards a breakfast place, though they do serve lunch and dinner too. I going like a good to, breakfast. Going to Walnut Ridge. Mm-hmm. Okay, a place called Moni's Grill. Moni's so Grill. Yeah, it's right off the uh, the main drag there in downtown. But uh-huh. it's I mean it's straight out of the 80s, right? Like, really. You step in and just it's got the the big circular like bar that you mm-hmm, can look back mm-hmm. at the kitchen and stuff. Um, yeah, some of their uh, staff there, I'm pretty sure I've been working there for thirty Since or forty years, which I, and I love that, right? Yeah. I think oh, that's, that's awesome, great. right? Yeah. They, um, but their breakfast, you want a good country, mm-hmm. you know, grandma's cooking breakfast, greasy spoon, kind greasy of a spoon, stick to your ribs, know, kind of pancakes, yeah, yeah. top top Flat tier, uh, they're not pancakes, Flat hash jacks. browns, you know, just the perfect amount of crispy, crispy. but the inside mm-hmm. still a little soft, mm. so you're making me hungry, yeah, I didn't hungry. eat breakfast, <laughs> yeah, well, uh, anyways, Walnut Ridge, if you're ever there, and, and the other cool thing about it is, you know, if you've heard of Walnut Ridge, mm-hmm. probably heard of the Beatles the story, Beatles story. Uh, mm-hmm. That's right. you're only maybe a 30-second walk away from seeing their weird Abbey Road <laughs> monument. And, yes, I did say weird because 
It's, it's strange that that community has really latched onto the Beatles story. But yeah. Going to Harrison, my hometown, yeah. uh, we got Jamie's Local Flavor. It oh. is a farm-to-table kind Ooh. of a joint. Um, really? So that's that's always good to see and when you go in. and mm-hmm. You know, not only is it farm to but they kind of brag about it a little bit. You know, you like that. They got yeah. U.S.-raised catfish, sure. you know, all, mm-hmm. all the all the fixings. Um, thing there I will recommend, though, this is probably more of a dinner thing, but get you some bread pudding. Their bread really? pudding. Incredible. No. It comes out you bubbling. No. Oh, not. you don't do bread no. pudding? No. Oh. I've tried. Well, their, their chicken fried no. steak's also very good. Um, yeah. And Catfish Friday, you know, pretty standard thing in Arkansas. Oh, for like. sure. For sure. Um, the cool thing about Jamie's is, so it started there in Harrison, but now they've opened a second location to Mountain Home. So if you're in Mountain oh. Home, uh, I'm pretty sure... They also in Harrison, they're kind of a restaurant empire there. They have a sports bar that's a, it's called Buckets and Great Wings. Pretty much the only place in Harrison you can get wings, you but can get wings. they're yeah. very good. Okay. And they also have a steakhouse kind of fancy fine dining restaurant called Marie's. Really? So, uh, yeah. Goodness, yeah, they do. They, have they've quite got a little the, bit of an uh, empire. Quite you notice how he left your hometown out, but he had three for his. From his. Yeah. <laughs> I, know I mean, you he's know. on the chamber. Uh, he's on the chamber <laughs> there in Harrison. The uh, yeah. <laughs> well. Uh, well, I didn't even mention Neighbors Mill, you know. Yeah. So I, I will add, uh, like down home kind of country cooking. Yeah, I don't know if it's still up. Holly's in Conway. Oh, Holly's! Wow. No, it's still I've open. I've heard you talk Ooh. about Holly's before. Yeah. If we ever, if You're we not ever working after lunch after eating that. No, man. they're it is delicious. Best fried chicken in the state. They're yeah. at Holly's. And then uh, what's the one over here? Uh, Bobby's. Bobby's. Bobby's is solid, kitchen. but I, I'll be honest. Bobby's like is, I, Bobby's, is, Bobby's is solid. I've and, only had it once, but, but it's good. Bobby's just wants to be Holly's. That's all I'll say. Yeah, and that's no that's no offense to Bobby's. Bobby's has some good stuff. Holly's we had really a good. place in Jonesboro that uh, Bobby's reminds me of. Uh, gr- growing up, when I say that, I mean when I was in college, and it was in a, a gas station at the corner of uh, Caraway and Johnson, right off camp, li- yeah. like literally right off camp gas station, right mm-hmm. gas station. In the back of this gas well, gas station and sort of grocery combined. It was called Cars Grocery. In the back, they had a meat and, and three uh, place that you could eat for six bucks, mm-hmm. you know, for lunch or yeah. whatever. And you could even get a meal plan there. I mean, you'd have to, you know, pay. It wasn't like you could use scholarship money or whatever. But any anyhow, uh, man, that place was so good. And mm-hmm. uh, I think of that place a lot. And that's what Bobby's made me, made me think of. Obviously, it's Bobby's is a whole yeah. restaurant. This well, is a place in the back of a it's like a plate with lunch type deal. Plate, oh, yeah. blue plate sort of a you know on wednesdays you know they've got meatloaf or chicken fried steak and then you do your veggies and the roll and anyhow. Um, anyways to to wrap up I'll, I'll give one final good bookend uh yeah. on this episode is that uh one of our wife and our uh excellence in ag uh finalist the heisers there in johnson county they actually mm-hmm. own sweet treats or Maybe maybe it's uh, Brooklyn's mom owns Brooklyn manages the family restaurant Sweet Treats. And Sweet Treats. Okay. It's it's right there if you're going if you decide to take the Lamar exit to get to Clarksville it's right there yeah. on that that highway. Oh, um, nice. Man, some of the best pie you'll have in in the state. Really? Right there at Sweet Treats. With that pie. Um, and they <laughs> last I time I was in that. there they had all these around the top they had all these cool teapots and stuff up oh, on nice. there. So it's just kind of a cool place, very family yeah. uh, family yeah. oriented. But yeah, that is your your rule restaurant recommendations. I think that we ought to consider this as a regular segment, uh, maybe a, a restaurant. Uh, yeah, we don't need to talk for ten minutes about restaurants. But uh, I like this idea. And food is agriculture. Food is agriculture, and is, uh, 
not only obviously does agriculture grow the food, but it's oftentimes a meeting point in yeah. some of these communities and mm-hmm. a spot for you know those well, in the industry to you come. You know you're at a gather. good spot whenever you see a bunch of farmers sitting down to eat lunch because that means bunch hey, of muddy trucks out front. It's, yeah. it's about to be good. Mm-hmm. Amen to that. All right. Well, that wraps up the news and the uh, food talk for this week. Uh, thanks for following along with the Arkansas AgCast. We're grateful for you taking time to watch and listen. Remember, you can catch new episodes of the show every Thursday afternoon. Video, find video episodes on Facebook and YouTube. Listen to the audio version on iTunes or Spotify. And make sure you subscribe and leave us a review when you have a few extra minutes. Yes, please do. That's so helpful. Uh, you know, the Arkansas AgCast is brought to you by the Arkansas Farm Bureau. I'm Jason Brown. And I'm John McMinn. And we'll see you next week.